Hi, my name's Tara Humphrey and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews and insights from the field of healthcare. The Business of Healthcare podcast is brought to you by THC Primary Care, where we provide operations and project management to primary care networks. If you are a clinical lead or a practice manager and your primary care network to-do list is growing by the minute and you could do with an extra pair of hands to deliver some of your projects and network-based services, I would absolutely love to help you. So come and check us out at www.thcprimarycare.co.uk. Now let's jump into this week's episode. Hi and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So in this episode, I wanted to talk to you guys about practical ways on how I tackle imposter syndrome. But before we get to that, I just wanted to give you a bit of a behind the scenes of what is going on in my personal life. It does, it's personal and professional. I don't think I have shared with you guys that in March 2021, so the 29th of March, the plan is to jet off and climb to Everest Base Camp. So I'm super excited. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm no stranger to these sorts of challenges. I have climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. I have climbed Mount Tubkal in Morocco and I have completed a few ultra marathons and 50Ks. So I like a challenge. Don't ask me why. I don't know why <laughs> I put my body through this torture. But I was looking at my medal collection and for every event you do, you get a t-shirt. And I was thinking, I don't have a 2000 and 2020 t-shirt So I need to do another challenge. And to give this challenge a little bit more meaning, I want to do it to raise money to support our second cohort of Business of Healthcare scholarships. So at the time of recording, it is now October 2020. The first cohort of scholarships is up and running. And I funded that myself and I'm really proud that I did. I put in £10,000 of my own money to support healthcare professionals from ethnically diverse backgrounds wanting to progress their leadership career in the field of health. And that is up and running. And we've given out five £2,000 educational grants and we have also matched other healthcare professionals with a mentor and they are up and running. I had my first mentor session with the lovely Justine the other day and it's going really well. So I'm really, really happy and I want to do it again. I want to do this for the foreseeable future, but I am going to need more funds. So next year I will continue to put my own money in at least £10,000. I'd like to put in fifteen. So I need to continue to build and grow my core profitable part of my business and that is providing project management support, operational support to primary care networks. So I can use a percentage of that profit to pursue and continue this charitable endeavour. So along with putting my own money in, I thought, I know I'll do a challenge and I feel like if I'm going to ask people to support me financially, this challenge has got to be big. 
It has to be something that not everybody does. Lots of people, don't get me wrong, have done Everest Base Camp, have, have achieved it, but it's not it's not as common as, well, you sponsor me to do a marathon. I feel like it has to be big. And so why not Everest? Why not try? So training has commenced. And so far, I'm really enjoying it. And I thought I would share with you how I'm fitting it in because I've got the business. I've got three kids. It may provide some, a bit of inspiration. It's just a bit of insight how I am juggling it all because it is difficult. It is difficult to fit it in and deliver everything I've committed to. So let's start with that. So at the moment, I'm six months out. I've got plenty, plenty, plenty of time. I currently work with a personal trainer twice a week and we train outside. And that is part of my cross training to help kind of build my strength, to give me a respite from walking so I don't injure myself and to build strength in other areas. So I work out outside twice a week with a personal trainer and I've always I've always worked with a personal trainer on and off so that's not unusual. I go to the gym because I love 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 lifting weights and that's also part of my cross training. What I've learned from doing these sorts of events is like when I've done ultra marathons is you need to run as much as possible or walk as much as possible, you need to train and mimic the conditions that you are actually going to be doing in your event as much as possible. But when you just do that one exercise, if I just run or I just walk, I typically get injured and it is no fun. It's no fun at all. So the benefits of cross training and mixing it up and building strength a support your core exercise and give you some respite from doing that core exercise because you kind of get repetitive. Um, it's through that repetitive use. So at the moment, I do a little bit of running, but I'm primarily walking because I'm going to be walking up the mountain. And you start to feel little tweaks and little niggles. And that's my body telling me I need to strengthen up those parts of my body to support my core activity. I hope that makes sense. So I do one gym session, two personal training sessions. And at the moment, I'm doing two walks before work. I really want to, as much as I can, protect my weekends for my family. I've got three kids and I'm married. I don't want to spend all my week working and then weekends exercising. So I fit it in before work. I'm typically an early bird. I usually get up between five and six since my training started, which started in September, I have been getting up at between four and four thirty. So I go out and do my. I'm currently up. My longest walk at the moment is three and a half hours. I do that before work. If I get back in time, I'll do the school run. If not, my husband will do it, and that feels really. I really, really enjoy doing that. When my walks get even longer, I I will likely do the walks after work. So I might start my work walk at six o'clock, walk into the night, go to bed, wake up. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> I just don't want to do it at the weekends. I just want to have a, my weekend is for lying in, 
and just spending as much time just relaxing and resting my body. But if it starts to get silly and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sleep, I have to review that strategy. But at the moment, it's working. It's working really well. And to support my walking, I am walking f- with a weighted vest. So if any of you guys follow me on Instagram, you can find me at THC Primary Care. I all do a lot of Insta stories where you'll see me walking with my weighted vest. And that is to strengthen my body, strengthen my core, strengthen my shoulders and my back in preparation to be wearing my day pack, which I'm going to be carrying. So that's the training. It's starting to affect all aspects of my life. It's starting to affect my eating. I need to eat for energy. It's really easy to go out and do a long walk and then come back absolutely starving and then just eat junk food. I don't want to do that. So I need to improve my diet. I definitely need to improve my sleep and I am getting better, so much better. If I'm going to be getting up earlier, I need to go to bed earlier. So that is something that I'm working on. So, and just so far, so good. Um, my longest walk without my vest on has been 13 miles. My longest walk wearing my weighted vest has been 11 and a half miles. So that's me. So towards the end of November, we are going to be releasing our charity page where I'm going to start asking people for money. And I think twice I have done an event to raise money. And I've really struggled. I hate asking people to give me their money. And especially now the environment that we're in with coronavirus. I know I'm going to struggle, but I'm doing it. It's not for me. The money's not going in my pocket. I want to use this money to do good and help other people that want to progress their leadership career. We need more leaders from diverse backgrounds in the field of health. We need our leaders to represent the populations they serve. And we need to give other people the opportunity and break that unconscious bias or break that direct discrimination. So that is why I'm doing it. And I hope that you guys support me, which leads me into the main topic of this podcast interview. And that is the subject of imposter syndrome. In the last couple of weeks, this topic has come up every single day. I've spoke about it before. I talk about it with my podcast guests. And I just think we just need to continue the conversation because it's something we all live with. It's something we all struggle with. I said to my team, we went out for lunch the other day, and I said, if people could hear inside my head, they would be surprised that I got any work done because that imposter syndrome, sometimes I cannot control that voice. And where I'm walking a lot by myself, and after a while, I will stop listening to podcasts. And towards the end of my walks, where I'm starting to get a bit tired, I just turn off my headphones. So I'm just with my own thoughts. And that is when it is at its worst, because I'm walking, I'm thinking, am I going to be strong enough, Tara? You're not strong enough. Who do you think you are thinking that you can do this? You've told everybody, what if you don't make it to the top? You're going to look like a failure. If people sponsor you and you don't get it, then people are going to think that you've conned them or that they've wasted their time and money on you. Don't ask people for their time. Why are you posting on social media when everybody's so busy and your content's just crap? Why are you doing that? And I've really beat myself up and we all do. We all are so horrible to ourselves sometimes. It's really quite shocking how poorly we treat ourselves. And also with the scholarship, I I also had conversations like, 
Tara, who who do you think you're not Oprah Winfrey? (laughs) Like, why do you think you can do this? You don't have a multi-million pound empire. You don't have a team of 50, 60, 100 people. You're not running an NHS trust. You don't know how hard it is to recruit people from afflictly diverse backgrounds en masse. You don't know how to do that. So why do you think you giving £10,000, like £10,000, some of my brain is like, Tara, £10,000 is nothing that's not going to solve the problem why even bother and then the other half of my brain is like you're acting like you're a millionaire (laughs) you know like it's it's been a really interesting time and I have other conversations I've had some wonderfully insightful conversations with people CEOs of healthcare organizations my mentee my mentee Justine is a physiotherapist And she's also set up a school in Uganda and she funds that 100% herself. And the the school fees are £8,000 per term. She funds that herself. We've only had one mentor-mentee meeting and she said that she wants to improve her communication and her confidence. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you've set up a school. I haven't set up a school. I've just got this teeny little business. How can I help you? (laughs) You know, like, it's so funny. And I also had a conversation with a practice manager, and she's also a development advisor in the Faculty of Time for Care, where I'm currently working. And I have seen this person from afar for over a year. I saw her first speaking at the Kia Oval, where she was sharing the journey she's taken her practice on. So when I first saw her, I saw her on a stage. She is a beautiful speaker, gets to the point, really inspiring and very practical. And I just thought, wow, she's amazing. And then I found out I was like working in the same faculty as her. And there was an opportunity where I sat, we were sitting close to each other and we were having a conversation. I think one of us had said, oh, I'm just going to go and get a coffee and come back if it was me, I think I did that because I was so a little bit starstruck. And I thought, I don't want to say anything stupid. And I just wanted to leave that situation as quickly as possible. Because I held this person on such a pedestal. I just, I couldn't speak to her. I was so worried that she would think, who the F is this person? Why is she talking to me? She's like, she's crap. So We've been in the same department essentially for the past year and we finally spoke the other day and I had to say to her like I think you are amazing and when you speak like she's just spot on she's spot on the money. She said to me Tara I've been wanting to speak to you for ages but I was thinking who am I to speak to Tara? Tara's got her own business, she does this, she does that. I feel like I'm not as good as Tara. And we had such a good, such a giggle about it because we both had built up this image and perception of each other, which just, it was a little bit ridiculous because we both work in the field of primary care. We both love our jobs. We've got very different um, experiences. I think we've got a similar skill set. We've got very different experiences. And we shouldn't have built each other up in our own minds, which made us feel like we weren't good enough. 
And at the other, at the end of that conversation, we were talking about, we were saying that the faculties like the Avengers, like we are all amazing in our own right. And just because somebody else has got a superpower, it doesn't mean that our own superpower is less than. We can be good and different and that is okay. And we need to stop getting in our own way and not talking to people that could help us. There's so much I I need to learn. I've got to learn. I have to learn to be the best at my job. If there is anything, can you be the best at your job? Just to be the best I can be in any particular moment. And striking up a closer working relationship with Shanaz will help me. And I would like to think that I could help her and just share what I'm doing. It may help her. It may not. And that's the imposter syndrome coming out again. It (laughs) will. It will help. It will help. So I wanted to have this conversation just to share. I'm just like everybody else. And despite the imposter syndrome, you can still succeed. I think it is acknowledging it. So when I am beating myself up quite brutally, there'll there'll come a point where I say, Tara, like, I can stop it. I can stop that pattern. I can stop that kind of verbal mental abuse that I'm giving myself. I can stop it. I am aware. I am aware when I say I'm just, I've done it in this podcast and I am aware. And you would have heard me stop myself where I've said, Tara, that's imposter syndrome coming up. I'm so much more aware of my language. And on a good day, I can nip it in the bud straight away. And that's why I work with my coach. She will say, Tara, you're doing it again. And so I am more aware. So I think the first step in every stage of enlightenment is awareness. So we have to be aware of the words that we use and the thoughts in our minds. It doesn't mean it won't happen because it does happen every day. But the more aware you are, you can stop it in its tracks. The second tactic I use is I use positive affirmations and I write these down every single day. I have a journal and yep, I write down positive affirmations. I write down I am statements. I write down the good things that have happened in my day and I write down my dreams and aspirations. I write down I am going to, I'm going to summit Everest Base Camp. I'm going to have an excellent time. I'm going to have a really good day today. I'm going to secure a new client today. I'm going to have a fantastic meeting with my team. I'm going to have a fantastic meeting with my clients. I feel confident. I feel prepared. I will speak my positive day into existence. I'm a really big believer in that. And on our social media, we like to share positive quotes and positive affirmations because I generally believe when you tell yourself positive things, it gets into your psyche, it changes your mind state and just puts you in a better frame of mind to be able to perform at my job, perform when I'm exercising and to be more present and happy with my family. So I deeply believe it when we put out those quotes, there is intention behind them. I believe them and I, I want you guys to believe them as well. The other tactic I use is I collect evidence and I will also ask myself, what do I know to be true? This is what I need to do to feel good about myself in a moment where I'm experiencing doubt. And that may be 
I will look at the testimonials people have given me. We've got loads. I don't know how many we've got. We've got absolutely loads. The majority of those, 99% of those, people just give them. We don't ask for the, the testimonial. So I'll look at those testimonials. That is what our paying clients think of us. Why would somebody go to the trouble of sharing kind words with me if they didn't think that that was true and I didn't ask them to do that? So I'll look at the testimonials. I'll look at the thank yous that we get on a daily basis. I'll look at the the lovely, lovely, kind social media messages we get behind the scenes where people say, I think what you're doing is amazing. Oh, you're really inspirational. Thank you for your help. Thank you for this blog post. Thank you for this podcast. So that is one form of evidence I can look at and think I'm all right. <laughs> like I'm doing okay. Other evidence I will collect is uh, the accolades around my business. I am in business five and a half years later. I know how to run my business. That is a fact. I know how to set up a business from scratch and run it profitably. That is a fact. So when I'm thinking, oh, you're this, you're that, you're this, I just have to look around and think, you do know what you're doing. There's always room for improvement, but I do know what to do. I do know how to build the the foundations of a business. I know how to hire people. I know how to fire people. I have experience of making somebody redundant. Those are all valuable skills. I know how to do things. And when I think about that, the evidence is, Tara, when a decision needs to be made, a strategic decision, a difficult decision, I have walked away from client contracts. I have said no to business opportunities. Those actions let me know that I know how to make strategic decisions. I know when I know to trust my gut and to walk away from things that don't feel right. And I know how to make difficult decisions and have difficult conversations. When I have to, I will. And I will move quite quickly when I am clear. The other evidence I have, and we all have this, we all know how to make stuff happen. This business started in my bedroom and five and a half years later, I I no longer work in my bedroom. I've got clients. That is a fact. The scholarship is another perfect example. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew why I wanted to do it. I put that message out there. I had the funds. I marketed that opportunity through social media. I got the candidates. And as a bonus, people wanted to help me even when I didn't ask them to. They said, Tara, how can I get involved? I asked them to be a mentor. And every single person said, yes, I want to be. I'll happily be a mentor. So I know how to make things happen. This podcast was an idea. Granted, I sat on it for ages. Now it is in the world. When I did my MBA, I wanted to get a distinction. I got the distinction. I want to be a writer, so I write my blog. And I recently got asked to contribute a chapter to a book. And in the future, I will write a book. So you have to look for the evidence. It is indisputable. Has it happened? Yes. Did it happen to you? Yes. Was it your idea? Yes. Did you do it? Yes. You get the message. I'll stop laboring this point. Collect the evidence. The fourth tactic I employ is to speak to a coach and hire a coach is an investment. Sometimes my coach helps me identify the evidence I need to satisfy my imposter's voice. And that's what I will do for my mentee. And that is what I also do with my clients. 
I recently received a testimonial from Dr. Fasana Hussein, who is the clinical director at Newham Central One Primary Care Network. And she's also the co-chair of the Primary Care Network Board for the NHS Confederation, she says. As a result of Tara's appointment, the network is more engaged than ever with more distributed leadership. The visioning exercises were particularly helpful for the network, especially looking forward to seeing who we want to be in five years. Tara brings energy, positivity and a solution focused approach to our network. She is not just a manager. She coaches. She is very reflective and always acts with integrity. I would highly recommend working with her. And I've read that to you because she's recognized the fact that I coach as well. I'm not a qualified coach, but it's really easy to hear in other people's voices. And when you analyze their actions, the doubt, the imposter syndrome, when people are holding back, when people are not saying things that they want to say, when people are diminishing their status because they think X, Y, and Z, and it's just not true. And it's it's just, it's always easier to see other people's superpowers and all of the progress they have made. It's harder to see in yourself. So that is one thing I will naturally do with my clients because all of my clients um, have the technical know-how and the vision. They lack the resources to implement it. And sometimes it's their own personal doubt. It's them getting in their way. It's them not sharing things, not sharing their ideas to help bring people on board to help implement the change they want to see. Along with a coach, I think it's really important to surround yourself with good friends and people that make you feel good about yourself. And I had a moment of doubt and I called my friend Gary Hughes. Gary's been on the podcast a couple of times. If you haven't already done so, check out episode 30, Leadership in Practice with Gary Hughes. It's one of my first guests. He came on to episode two of the podcast and I came across Gary because he posts these lovely short blogs on LinkedIn about life as a practice manager. And even though I'm not a practice manager, what he said really resonated with me. And I contacted him and said, I love what you're doing on social media. I'm setting up this podcast and I'd love for you to come on. And he was like, yeah, sure. I did, I did not know this person. And now we are friends. And he is, he is my friend. He is somebody that I go to when I say, what do you think? What do you think about this? Or I'm having this issue. What would you do? And he provides fantastic, fantastic advice. And interestingly, Gary has written a book and he has his own podcast. His book is called Leadership and Practice. And I'm not joking. This book came out months ago and he only told the partners in his practice the other day. And that was because I said, Gary, why are you not sharing with people? You have created this book. You've written a book. You've got your own podcast. Why would you not want to tell people about this? And he was like, well, yeah, but I don't want people to think like, who do I think I am? And I just, I'm not quite sure. And when he was writing his book and he asked me to write the foreword, again, he was just like, I don't know. Do you really think it was good? I said to Gary, how many copies do you want to sell? And he said to me, 20, about 24. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll buy 24 of your books. 
You know, like it was amazing and it was a pleasure for me to buy those books and then gift them out. And even then he was like, you're just doing it because you're my friend. And I'm like, why would I buy 24 books if I thought it was crap? Like, I'm not stupid. So he is a friend to me. He really builds my confidence and I believe I do the same for him. He's got his own podcast, Leadership and Practice. Check it out. So we all have it. We all have moments. We've got Wayne coming up on the podcast. We had a fantastic conversation and he shared in that podcast that one of the things he doubts is his ability to communicate. The company he leads is an international company. He's doing an amazing job. And I'm sure people think it about me, but when I look at other people and I think if only you could see what I could see. I will use words of positive affirmation with those people that are my friends, with people that are my clients, people if I don't even know. If I think you're good, I will tell you that you're good or that you look nice or that I like something. And believe it, I would not tell somebody I thought that they were good if they were not. I just wouldn't. So surround yourself with positive people. And when they tell you positive things, just say thank you. Thank you. It really means a lot to me that you would say that. And that's it. Don't go, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. I'm crap. You're lying. You're just doing it to make me feel good. Don't say that. Just say thank you. Just accept it. And the last tactic I use is to acknowledge that you're just a human being and we are all the same inside We all make mistakes. There are days when we feel unstoppable. There are days when we feel like we are less than. We are human. That's okay. We all suffer with this imposter syndrome, which is that little voice in your head which says, who do you think you are? And that imposter says that because they're scared. And we just have to acknowledge it and just let it go. We are human beings. It is like we don't have to walk around the most confident people in the world, but we must not let it, we must not let the imposter take over. Our intentions are good. I believe the majority of humans in this world have a good heart. They want to do good things. Yes, we make mistakes. Yes, sometimes those are big mistakes, but we are human. It is okay. Learn from those mistakes. Don't let one mistake be the narrative for your whole life. We have to move on and we have to move forwards. So there you go, folks. I have shared with you what imposter syndrome looks and feels like and sounds in my head. Hopefully you don't think I'm a crazy person, but I've also shared with you how I can get through it and how I can still put myself out there and succeed and build this business and build this podcast. I would love, love, love for you to message me and let me know what your key takeaway of this podcast is. And if you could help me, any tactics which you use to overcome your imposter syndrome, like chuck them my way, please, please do so. And I will see you in the next episode. so much for joining us and if you like what you hear it would be great if you could give us a shout out on social media you can find me on twitter at thc primary care on instagram again at thc primary care or on linkedin just look for tara humphrey and if you really like it it would be great if you left us an itunes five star rating and review and i will see you in the next episode